welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Bible to the book of Luke. We are going to look at several scriptures this evening. I have, before we put the picture on the screen, not yet, while you turn your Bible, Luke chapter 16. Cape Cod, off the coast of Massachusetts, did not have a lot of gray seals. And because what happened was up until several decades ago, they would regularly be hunted. So that would keep the seal population down. Well, the last fatal shark attack um, had been with a teenage boy in 1936. Well, that changed in 2018. In 2018, on September 15th, on Newcomb Hollow Beach in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, 26-year-old Arthur Medici, he was killed by a shark attack. Officials don't know what type of shark because... Uh, it was just him and his friend, and obviously he was underwater, and you can't, we don't have video of it, so they suspect it was a great white shark. But this was the first fatality in a shark attack there off of Cape Cod since 1936, all the way from 2018. And what happened is from federal regulations, they restricted for the gray seal being hunted, so the gray seal population started increasing off Cape Cod. Now, there's many gray seals all around. Gray seals are the favorite uh, food of great white sharks. And now, it's more common there for shark attacks. So, what happens is they know anywhere you see gray seals, great white sharks aren't far behind. So, the population goes up. If you want great white sharks in your waters, you just put some gray seals there and it won't be long, you'll be having sharks. The sharks go wherever their favorite food is. I share this because this is very similar to Halloween. Darkness follows death. Darkness follows lost people. Darkness follows people who do not know the Lord. So if you want a nation, if you want a city, you want a culture that's lost, that represents the devil, you would just naturally just start going down this route, road. You start doing the practices and the things. And then after a few generations, when the seal population grows up and matures and starts to multiply, here come the sharks. Hence, here comes darkness in the United States of America in 2021. I have a picture here. I'm somewhat glad our children slipped out because this is somewhat of a gruesome picture. But I think, it's, I think it really represents something. I hope y'all can see this. And um, then this is going to be the scripture, some of the scripture we're going to re, uh, um, uh, read here in the book of, of Luke, Luke chapter 16. You know, um, it's been said, you can, uh, preachers, and Brother Hurd and I have talked about this, the most difficult funerals to officiate are those of people who do not know the Lord, or you don't really know, and even the family has no idea about their status on their relationship with God. That may be they never spoke about their relationship with the Lord. Maybe they never made that decision. Or it's not known. Keep, keep that picture up there. We're going to talk about a while because I, I haven't got to it yet. So we're going to leave our picture there. 
And if you look at the picture here on, on the board, it has a lady standing at a cemetery, obviously. And this is a common statement people will make. Even lost people, people who don't know, he's in a better place now, or she's in a better place now, rest in peace. But the truth is, folks who aren't saved, there, there's not peace for people who are saved. There's a, there's a lostness, a restlessness for those that do not know the Lord. And obviously, we do not know what hell looks like, but this is obviously a picture. I guess that would be like a Halloween-style picture of what hell would look like. But Jesus actually gives us, he pulls back the curtain and shows us in one place in the Bible of what hell really is. Darkness represents the devil. Darkness represents evil. In fact, Jesus came to make a contrast between light and dark. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 16, verse 19. We're going to see what Jesus calls the place of torment. The reason why I believe this message is so important today is because there are folks that they, they, they name, even you go to a cemetery, they call it like peaceful gardens, the place of rest. And that might be true out on this side, here on the lawn, but for their souls that are eternal, someone who's spiritually lost, it's not a place of rest. In fact, Jesus is saying it is a place of torment. A message such as this, the reality of darkness all around us, should inspire and encourage us as believers to be all the more aggressive, to be soul winners in telling the good news, the gospel, to people who are not saved. This should encourage and motivate us to realize, who are you praying for that's spiritually lost? Who can you pray into heaven that doesn't know the Lord? Look here, look at this. The rich man of Lazarus. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen. He was very wealthy. He feasted lavishly every day. But a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, was lying at his gate. So we see a contrast here. Poor man versus rich man. The poor man Lazarus longed to be filled with what fell from the rich man's table, but instead the dogs would come and lick his sores. So you see a pitiful situation here. Lazarus had nothing. Now remember, earthly wealth or earthly poverty does not impact our eternal, uh, uh, long-term decision about following Christ. The Lord is not impressed with wealth or poverty. Don't, we cannot, as Christians, associate wealth with material wealth with a blessing from the Lord. In fact, in this passage, the material wealth was actually a curse. One day the poor man died. He was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. You notice the rich man, he was not carried away to Abraham's bosom. It says he died and he was buried. And being in torment in Hades, this is the wealthy man, the unknown wealthy man. He looked up and he saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. Father Abraham, he called out, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this flame. 
Okay, look at the phrases that are used. This is hell. This wealthy man, God pulls back the curtain, and he's asking a request to Abraham. It's symbolic of God. God, I am in agony here. This is torment. I just want a touch of water. Verse 25, Son, Abraham said, remember that during your life you received your good things just as Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted and you are in agony. Besides all this, there's a great chastening that's been fixed between us so that you cannot, you, so that those who want to pass from here, you cannot, neither can those who want to cross over to us. They can't. So obviously, there's a barrier there that no one can go from heaven to hell. There is not a holding cell. Like I shared this morning, there is not purgatory. This is sealed the moment of death. So look here what this wealthy man does while in hell. Father, he said, then I beg you to send him, send him to my father's house. So we're talking about Lazarus, who's in heaven. And the, the man in hell, this wealthy man, is making a request, wanting to see Lazarus go and say some words to someone else. Because he can't go down to hell, so he's going to go warn his other folks, his family. He says, go to my father's house because I have five brothers to warn them so that they won't also come to this place of torment. Notice that phrase where it's, to warn them. Gospel preaching, reading the Bible, is a warning. I am warning you this evening that the reality of people who die in their sins apart from Christ, they are going to this place described as a place of torment. No positive words are ever used in the Scriptures to describe the place of torment. It was also described as a place of agony. It was a place where the fire never quenches. They're wanting a drop of water on their tongue. No relief in hell. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. That's like us saying today. Every, there's gospel preaching churches. They can turn on the TV, the radio. They've got their Bibles. They've got Gideon Bibles. They can get the app on their phone. There's access to the gospel. Anyone who's actually searching and wants to know about the Lord, there's no reason for them not to do it, be able to access that. Maybe in North Korea it might be a little bit more challenging. They might not be able to download the, the Bible app there. But for here, if someone wants to know the Lord, no reason not to be able to know that. That's, what, that's the answer. That means God is saying there's no excuse. You can't say that, that they need someone from like Lazarus. Lazarus is in heaven. The man from heaven doesn't need to go down and speak to him. They've got, every, they've got the same written word, the spoken word, the prophetic word that you received. Verse 30, No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. This man is mistaken. Just because someone comes back from the dead does not mean they will repent. 
Jesus came back from the dead. And many people continued to reject Jesus. But he told them, this is Abraham speaking, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. The reality here, what we see, is Christ is telling us this story. And first of all, this is never told to be a parable. So this, I actually believe this literally happened. We're seeing a picture of what heaven and hell looks like. And Lazarus is in heaven at Abraham's bosom. And the wealthy man, the unknown wealthy man, is begging, doing evangelism for his five brothers to be saved. Now, if people in hell are passionate about evangelism and reaching the lost, shouldn't you? Do, do the people in hell have more desire to reach the residents here in Lexington than you do, than I do? That's what's occurring in this statement. And the truth of the reality is, we live in a time, right, especially tonight, of that's highlighting darkness. Today is Halloween. Halloween, where did it come from? I'm not going to go into deep detail, but I'm going to give you a brief history of this uh, unfortunate holiday. And Sherry and I were talking about it, and I've talked to several other people. Do you know, I, when I was growing up in Alabama, Halloween, basically we waited till it turned dark. The only day you went trick-or-treating was the 31st. We grabbed a pillow bag, maybe put, dress up as a ghost, put a sheet over you, and you run around the neighborhood. It's just, it just different. It's just very fun. It was all about candy and getting, getting free stuff, <laughs> pretty much. That's, it just seemed... The, the dark aspect, it was somewhat there, but it wasn't anything like it is now. Halloween is truly a pagan holiday. It has no Christian roots. It came from the country of Ireland in the 7th and 8th century from a festival, a Celtic festival called Samhain. It's when people would dress up in costumes, they would light a bonfire, and they would scare away ghost. They were celebrating the harvest in Ireland. This is before Ireland became a very Christian nation, before in uh, many ways Roman Catholicism spread through there and became the Catholic nation in many sense that it is now. This is with Druids. These were with pagan people and it's, it's solely based on lostness. People who do not know the Lord. You're celebrating and honoring the dead. That is what Halloween is about. It's been around for 1,200, 1,300 years. And obviously as our country and our city and our culture becomes more and more lost, spiritually lost, Satan has a field day with Halloween. It's a day that many people um, will uh, dabble into witchcraft and they will look into this. And there's a, there's a false sense of power with Halloween. Because the, the truth is about the devil. Is the devil will grant people power. And I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to show you why. So we're going to look at the different scriptures in this. So I want you to, we're going to start in the book of Exodus. We're going to go through five different scriptures. And they're all warnings about the 
the deceitfulness and the access that people could have to what I would call the occult. The occult, our world is one. We have the Lord. He is our creator. He is our savior. Jesus is God. God the Father sent his son Jesus to die in the world. He created us. He is light. But we know based on Genesis 2, and shared it this morning, because of free will, there was some point in the book of Isaiah chapter 14, a, 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 an angel called Lucifer who led a rebellion against the Lord. He rounded up one-third of his other angels in rebellion against God. Isaiah chapter 14 says pride swelled up in his heart and he wanted to rival God. God, as a response to that, and Jesus spoke about this, he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. The Lord cast Lucifer and about one-third of all angels, which now a fallen angel is called a demon. You know, when we use the word demon, we have to remember, their appearance did not change when they fell from heaven. A demon in the Bible is a fallen angel. It never says they look different. The black, dark picture you might see today, it, it wouldn't be it. Somehow, you and I would look at an angel and a demon, they would probably look, if, we, if God opened our eyes and we were able to see them, folks, they'd look the same. You would not know. But of course the Lord knows, because one is in direct rebellion and antagonistic against the Lord, and the other are serving the Lord. That is how we ended up with the devil. That is what we call the problem of evil. Evil exists. It is a problem in the world today. We as Christians must deal with this. It's a daily, hourly battle. It's an internal battle. It's a battle with pride, with selfishness, with unforgiveness. And the Lord also is battling for our hearts. Our desire, God wants us to have a heart after the Lord. Because of sin, our hearts naturally drift towards wickedness. That's why you never have to teach a child when they're growing up to do anything wrong. Their default thing is to do wrong. Of course they steal candy. Of course they lie. Of course they, they're going to do whatever you tell them not to do. That's what children do. And this is why, so I'm going back to this, say, Pastor, you said um, the devil had power, and he, he does. He had power to influence Eve. He lied to her. His power is one. He has access to angels. He had power under God's authority with Job. If you remember in Job chapter 1, Job chapter 2, Job lost everything like that. Didn't lose his life. He lost all of his family. God allowed the devil to basically destroy Job's life. Now, everything is under, obviously, the authority of the Lord. God has ultimate authority over everything. But the devil does have access to power. And his goal is to use that to deceive people and to lead them away from the Lord. And we're going to see this scripture line here. Look here. In your Bible, it tells us, 
Exodus 22:18. Do not allow sorceresses to live. That's it. God is telling us when they're entering the promised land, they're in the wilderness, they've received the law. A sorcerer, a sorceress is someone who's using magic. They are not to live. God is saying these people are practicing witchcraft. Tonight on Halloween, folks are practicing, many folks are practicing witchcraft. God in the Old Testament says, you do not want sorcerers, you don't want warlocks, you don't want witches in your presence. There's no place for them. They're actually praying and tapping into the devil. All right, keep going here in your Bible. Look at Leviticus chapter 20. Leviticus 20, verse 27. The Bible warns us about what we would call a medium. A medium is someone who speaks to the dead. And there are people today, and if you notice, if you watch Netflix or any of these Amazon shows, they, they um, popularize mediums. That's a witch, someone who's trying to tap into the dead. And the Bible tells us in Leviticus 20, 27, a man or woman who is a medium or a spiritist, look at this, must be put to death. They are to be stoned. Their death is their own fault. The, I want you to understand, the Bible doesn't even explain to us why. It is assumed they are worshiping and tapping into a false power. Therefore, there's no place for them here on earth. Kill them. They're worshiping the devil, literally. That's what's happened. People who are mediums, spiritists, practicing magic, it's not coming from God. Well, then who's it coming from? It's coming from the evil one. They're followers of Satan. And the Old Testament books are saying they should die. Okay, keep going here. Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9 through 14. Spiritism is forbidden. They're going into the promised land. They're coming to the land that God has given us. I want to tell you why this verse is so important. This is what happens here in America. You know, our country is changing. Now, 150, 200 years ago, well, it was longer than that. It was in the late 1700s, I believe. Maybe late 1600s. Oh, so then 1600s. 300 years ago. Long time ago. Do you remember the Salem witch, witchcraft trials in Salem, Massachusetts? They put to death five women. I believe it was five. Five or six women who were accused of practicing witchcraft. And the reason why is because of the verses here we're about to read. And what was happening is they believed in Salem, Massachusetts in the late 1600s, 1700s, that if folks were practicing this stuff, it would then spread, it would curse their city and town, and it would spread to other people. There was such a desire to stamp this stuff out of their community. They burned these people alive. Look here. Bible says, Deuteronomy 18, verse 9, 
When you enter the land your Lord, your God is giving you, do not imitate the detestable customs of those nations. No one among you is to sacrifice his son or daughter in the fire. Practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult a medium or a spiritist, or inquire of the dead. That's everything I just read there is going on right now in Halloween. Literally, every single one of those things is occurring tonight, somewhere in America. You have total witchcraft going on. Everyone, look at this, who does these acts are detestable to the Lord. I mean, there's no place for this. No place. Parents, grandparents, don't allow your children to watch these shows. They shouldn't be playing with magic and tarot cards. They don't need to be watching and participating in movies and following along with these detestable acts. There's no place, he's saying. And the Lord your God is driving out the nations before you because of these detestable acts. The reason why God hated the Canaanites so much is because they worshipped the devil. They were living in the land flowing with milk and honey. And the God's pure and holy people have been promised this land. They're going to cross the Jordan River. And they're going to come into this land. And they're going to meet people who are practicing sorcery. And God is saying, that is why I'm going to destroy these people. They are worshiping evil. There's no place for you. If you live among them, it will infiltrate your family, your home. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Though these nations you are about to drive out listen to fortune tellers and diviners, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do this you aren't permitted to do this i'm driving them out this is strong language about the wickedness of the land the israelites were to go into you know i want to tell you go back to those salem witchcraft trials obviously we should just murder people like that but there was truth some truth to what these folks are doing they said there's there is a home of witches here in our community, and we don't want it spreading. We don't want these people teaching our children, our grandchildren. We are tolerating this garbage in our community. Folks, today, do you know in your neighborhood of maybe someone selling drugs, a drug house? Do you know in your neighborhood of someone or, uh, that is uh, taking advantage of other people? Is there, in your community, are there things going on that should not be? In the Bible, God would say, they need to go. Because you are a pure person. You are called and set apart. That's not for you. The Lord knows. You raise a family. You have kids and grandkids. Well, they're going to eventually come in contact. They're going to ride the school bus. They're going to start hearing this stuff at the public schools. Folks, this happens every day. It's all around us. This is the danger of living among lost people. Because the lost people who do not know the Lord will influence those who are children of the saved or saved people. Including you. 
This is why the Bible says do not be unequally yoked. That doesn't just apply to marriage. I want you to know, if you work with someone, and you spend a lot of time with someone who's spiritually lost, it will, that, their lifestyle, their thinking, it will rub off onto your life. You guard the sanctity and the holiness that God calls His people to. Two more scriptures tonight. Jeremiah chapter 10. Flip over in your Bible to Jeremiah chapter 10. Jeremiah dealt with this as well. We're, we see here that Jeremiah is a prophet. He's the most unsuccessful of all the prophets in the Old Testament. He had zero converts. Zero. No one listened to the man. Yet he was quoted more by Jesus than anyone else. Look what happened. Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. Hear the word of the Lord that has spoken to you, house of Israel. This is what the Lord says. Look at this. Do not learn the ways of the nations. Folks, don't miss that verse. Do not learn the ways of nations. Have you learned the ways of the nations? The way of the nation is American culture. That is the ways of our nation. Don't offend people. Say and act a certain way. The ways of the nation is the agenda that is being pushed upon us. Whatever's on media, social media, internet, TV, it's just... It's moral filth is what Jeremiah would say. You aren't to learn that. You don't even need to study it. Don't listen to it. It's not for you. Or be terrified by signs in the heavens. Although the nations are terrified by them. In the second, it's leading up to the second coming, the end times, there will be signs in heavens. And the Bible tells the believers we're not to be terrified. But other lost people, they will be scared to death because they won't understand. For the customs of the peoples are worthless. The customs, they're literally worthless for, for folks. Someone cuts down a tree from the forest. It is worked by the hands of a craftsman with a chisel. And then it goes on to say here that they're going to take this tree and build an idol and brag about how wonderful their work of their hands has become. And Jeremiah says, this is useless. Innovation might be convenient. Innovation might be creative and neat. But ultimately, it's worthless. The life that matters to the Lord is the one that has a reverent heart and passion for Him, for God. So what if we can build cars that fly? What, what does that matter? People are still lost without Jesus. So what if you could, I don't know, hop in a tube and end up on the other side of the world within a couple of hours? At what point are we going to be impressed by technology? What can impress us anymore? That's what Jeremiah is saying. What impresses the Lord is not technology and innovation. It's your heart for God. God is looking for you and I to have a longing and a desire, folks, for Him. Last scripture here this evening. Exposing darkness. This is in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. This last Bible verse we're going to look at. We have been warned about the ways of the nation. Halloween is the ways of the nation. The customs around us 
warning about being impressed by innovation, by detestable acts all around, sorcery, witchcraft. Look what Paul writes in Ephesians 5.11. Don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness. Folks, look at this. But instead, expose them. I hope that I'm doing that tonight. We are trying to expose darkness. We want to realize there are fruitless works of darkness all around us. Fruitless means there might, Satan might grant satanic power and might be able to do some things to lead people astray. But he's saying here, Paul... That is totally fruitless. The purpose of this power is to lead them astray. I want to tell you what Paul is talking about. When Paul went to this town in Ephesus, there was a little girl that told fortunes. She was a fortune teller girl. They had idols. They sold their idols. He set her free, and Paul started preaching against idols. And the people looked around and go, whoa, 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 we've got a problem here. I just lost business because she can't predict the future anymore. And now people aren't worshiping the idols, Paul, that you're saying. They're, Paul is literally exposing the darkness. We call out and point people to sin. And folks, I've shared with you before, you can do that in a kind way. If someone is struggling and dabbling in sin, it is your responsibility to say, Thus saith the Lord, here is the truth. Here is the gospel. Here's God's message for you. We look at this passage, these verses here. What is Halloween? Halloween is the customs of our, of our culture. This was started 12, 1300 years ago among Druids, pagan Druids in Ireland. And however it has happened, we have people here in our city taking this satanic holiday and in many ways bringing it into their home. And the Bible is saying, you don't need to learn the ways of the nations. That's not for you. That's, you don't need to be studying this and, and making it part of your house and your family. You are called out of this and you are set before the Lord. So Christ calls us to expose these things and make sure that we are living a life that's pleasing to Him. Let's go back to that picture here. I want to end on this picture. The very beginning here. We want to make sure, I think what's powerful about this, is the words from there, well, we might not have our picture, but if you go back and look at that, oh, there it is. That lady, he's in a better place now. Our responsibility at this point, it's over. Once someone has passed away, as that passage we saw in Luke chapter 16, there's no second chances with the Lord. That rich man did not have Lazarus go back and warn his five brothers. Our focus is not on the dead. Our focus for us is on the living. And I want to end with this. Who do you know that's thinking like that woman right there? That if they live a good life, they love their family, they did well in honest business. 
and they're going to rest in peace, wherever that is in their mind. I really ask you that question. Who do you know that is not saved? And if you know someone tonight that is spiritually lost, maybe they're at some Halloween party right now, Christ is calling you. Say, Lord, how can I be a witness? How can I lead this person to saving faith in Christ? God, I pray for the folks this night, this evening. Lord, we look at this picture up here on the screen. And it's such a true story of deception. And Lord, that's what the devil tells us he does. He deceives us. God, I pray if there's anybody, we know personally, our commitment is a personal commitment of one, of identifying someone who is lost. And we want to pray them and be instrumental in telling them the good news of salvation, which is through Christ, you Lord. God, I thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for opening up our minds and seeing how you call us to live out of this world, separate lives, lives that honor you. Lord, we give you this invitation. Lord, this is our time to respond to you. We crawl out and cry out to a wonderful God when we come and say, yes, Lord. Lord, I am yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to close our worship service with invitations. Come invite everyone to stand. Beecher's going to lead us in our song. I'll be standing out front. Brother Hurd will be up here too. You can make a decision this evening. Make this your church home. Come and take us by our hand. We'll pray for you. So let's stand together. We're going to sing.